Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I hope, does everybody have an outline? Is anyone that doesn't have an outline, raise your hand if you don't have an outline. Everybody have one? Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and read the title of what we're going to get into tonight. Y'all ready? Go. Okay, and so, you know, the brothers have a very nice picture that they put up behind me. Uh, I guess you uh, would uh, be pretty clear where that's from. That's Egypt, and that's the place we got to get out of tonight, right? <laughs> um, anyways, um, I wanted to start off with a little uh, um, few sentences that Ben Franklin said. Okay, so you all have to listen closely to these sentences Ben Franklin said. This is not from the Bible, so I'm telling you ahead of time. Okay, number one, he says, tell me and I forget. That's the first thing. Tell me and I forget. Second thing he said was, teach me and I remember. It's better, right? But he doesn't stop there. He says, involve me and I learn. So tonight, uh, something that we don't usually do during this ministry series, I want to have a lot of involvement. A lot of involvement. And uh, I want you to be able, after you leave here tonight, you can speak the general sketch of this book. And if you'll notice on your sheet here, it's really, really easy. Okay? And I think some of, you know, I, I talked to Bianca before the meeting. She's always a good volunteer. She volunteered at the beginning of last semester, so I'm sure she'd be willing to help us tonight, right Bianca? Okay, but if you look at this, this general sketch here, I have words underlined. These are the words that I want you to remember. Okay, let's read the first underlined word. Ready, go. Enslaved. That's how we all began in Egypt, enslaved. Uh, then let's read the next two words under B. Ready, go. Okay, we're enslaved in Egypt, but we needed to be redeemed and saved out of Egypt. Okay, then C. Let's read the underlined word there. Okay, once we got out, we needed to be led. And the Lord led us by the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. Okay, then the next word, everybody likes the next word. Okay, in D. Ready? Go. Supplied. He led us, we're in this wilderness, but we need to be supplied, and he supplied us. Eventually, we got to a mountain, and let's read the next thing. Right, and we'll get into what that means. And then finally, the last word. Okay, I hope that you can just close your eyes without looking, and you can just say this. Okay, this is how I started. I was enslaved. And then the Lord redeemed me and saved me out of that place. And then I was led by the Lord in that wilderness. But in his leading, he supplied me. And he brought me to a mountain where I received revelation. And eventually, what did I do? I built the tabernacle. I hope those words just ring in you. And uh, this becomes a kind of a, a guiding vision for the whole semester. Okay, so here, this is a question for all the students, full-timers. You're not allowed to answer this question. Uh, the book of Genesis has 50 chapters. Does anybody know, student-wise, what the last 
verse in Genesis 50 is. What it says, you don't have to quote it, but what it generally says. If you're a student, does anybody know what the last verse in Genesis 50? You can't look at your phones now. Don't look it up. Does anybody know the last verse? This is the very last verse in the book of Genesis. You know, Genesis started out high. You have man made in God's image after his likeness with his dominion to represent him. It's a high beginning. But you get to the end of Genesis and it's something very poor. I'm giving you a hint. It's very pitiful at the end of Genesis. Does Mary have it? Who has it? Say again. Wait a minute. I got I to gotta hear it because I'm not here. What's your name, sister? Go ahead, tell me. Joseph's bones were taken to Egypt. Okay, I'll repeat what she said. She said, Joseph's bones were taken to Egypt. Very, very close. Let me read the verse to you. It's verse 26. It says, And Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So how does Genesis end? With a man in a coffin in Egypt. Great beginning in Genesis. But the end is a man in a coffin in Egypt. You know what? This is why we need an exodus. We need to get out of that situation. Here's a man. He's dead. He's in Egypt. And this is why all of a sudden the very next book you hit in the Bible is Exodus. We need to get out of a dead, worldly situation to take care of God's purpose. So, in the very first letter A, they're enslaved. And it says they're enslaved in Egypt. And Egypt signifies the world in a specific aspect. But I want to read a definition. If you want to write this definition down, I highly suggest it. You don't have to. But this is a definition of the world. And I was really touched by it when I was getting ready, and I hope you're touched by it. It says, the world is Satan's system that usurps God's chosen people and preoccupies them so that they have no time for God. That's the key phrase. They have no time for God and no time for God's purpose. So did you all catch that? Do you know what the world does? It preoccupies you. It usurps you to the point you have no time for God and no time for God's purpose. That's the world. And the way it's pictured is God's chosen people, the Israelites, were enslaved. And you might read that and say, well, I don't feel enslaved. Actually, I'm I'm having a pretty good time here at UT. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, then let me ask this question. You don't feel enslaved. Then just stop doing what you're doing. How easy is it to stop? things that occupy you, things that preoccupy you, things that usurp you to keep you from the two things, having no time for God and no time for God's purpose. So the first thing is they're enslaved. And those verses are the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with harshness. 
And they made their lives bitter with hard labor and mortar and in brick and in all kinds of labor in the field. All their labor with which they made them serve was with harshness. That is the picture of Egypt. That's the picture of the world is enslaved. And in some degree, all of us are enslaved. Anything that would take up our time where we would have no time for God, no time for his purpose, is an enslaving. Okay, then, but it doesn't end there. Because God came in to redeem his people. And if we could read Exodus 12, 27, could we read it together? Ready, go. Okay, this, this uh, word Passover here is a noun. And it comes from the verb, the verb, which is two words, Passover. And basically, God's judgment, think about it, was upon all of Egypt, all the firstborn of man and beast in Egypt. God's judgment was, it was totally, completely over the land. That included the Israelites. His judgment was over everyone. But he made a provision for the Israelites, and that provision was take a lamb, one year old, and slay that lamb. It has to be without blemish, without spot, and put it on the doorpost of the house and on the lintel of the house. And it says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And God... When he saw that blood on the lintel and on the doorposts of the house, he passed over and they were redeemed from God's judgment. They were kept from God's judgment. So the first, the very first picture we see after that enslaving is they're redeemed. They were all under judgment. Everyone was under judgment. But he said, take the blood, put it on the doorpost, put it on the lintel. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. But the problem is, even though they were saved from God's judgment, they were still in Egypt. They had to get out. And so eventually, the Lord in geography... I know this might sound funny, but in geography, even the way the Lord does things in geography, there's no accident. You know what he prepared when he prepared the Red Sea? A giant baptistry. It was a giant baptistry, and he knew that his ch the children of Israel were going to be pinned in against the, the Red Sea. Pharaoh's armies were chasing after them, and the, Pharaoh wanted to keep them in Egypt, keep them enslaved in Egypt. And eventually we know that Moses put forth the staff, touched the sea, the sea opened up, and the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, but here's the interesting thing, and a lot of people don't realize this. They got to the other side, but what about Pharaoh and his chariots? What happened with them? They were drowned in the Red Sea. And you know what? When you get baptized, that's right. You come up on the other side, but all 
all of Pharaoh's chariots inside of you get drowned when you get into that baptistry. And if you haven't been baptized and the Lord has been touching you about baptism, I highly suggest it. I'm glad I don't know your situation so I can speak purely. But baptism is a huge salvation to us, to save us from Egypt. For, and then if you read that verse there, you'll see what happened. Okay, let's read Exodus 14.30. Ready, go. Israel went through. The Egyptians were dead upon the seashore. This is what happens when you get baptized. You get through, but all the Egyptians in you that are holding you back from being for God's purpose, for being for God, are there dead upon the seashore. Okay, then they, they got out. Hallelujah. They got out of Egypt. But they needed to be led. And so they were led by a pillar, a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. And it says, And Jehovah went before them, by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them on the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they might go by day and by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night departed from before the people. Can you imagine? They had something very solid, something very substantial was there of God's presence was with them all the time. You know, you read the situation with Abraham, it was very vague and very intangible. You know, the Lord would appear and then Abraham would be on his own and then a little while later the Lord would appear and it was very, very vague. You come to Exodus and there's something very solid, very substantial of the Lord's presence in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And we'll, we'll see this later as we get into this. The pillar of cloud signifies the spirit. The pillar of fire signifies the word. Sometimes at night when you don't sense the spirit, you know what you need? You need the word. But if you're in the daytime and you're enjoying the spirit, it's great. You just enjoy the pillar of cloud. Okay. Well, they were out in the wilderness, and eventually they got supplied. He didn't just leave them there. He took care of his people, and he was very detailed in his care for his people. When they're short of food, he supplied them with manna. When they had no water to drink, he supplied them with the living water out of the rock. Here's my question to you. You can look at this in a very outward way. Okay, they're hungry, so God gave them food. Okay, they're thirsty, so God gave them to drink. But what is the real intrinsic significance of manna and water? Anybody want to venture a guess? Students, what, what is the real significance? I mean, outwardly, just on the surface, he fed them. He gave them water to drink. What's the real intrinsic significance of that supply? Anybody want to hazard a guess? Okay, think about it. They got out of Egypt. They all got out of Egypt. But you know what the problem was? Egypt hadn't gotten out of them. And they needed that supply 
to reconstitute them so that they would have a different taste and a different appetite. Now listen, this, this verse is not on your sheet, but I want to just give you a kind of a feeling about this verse here. This is when they were kind of having a hard time. This is in Numbers 11, 5, and 6. Listen to what they said. They said, we remember the fish which we used to eat in Egypt for nothing. The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our appetite has gone and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Nothing but Christ to look at. <laughs> you know what? When God took them out in the wilderness, this might sound funny to you, but when God took them out of the wilderness and they're there with this Egyptian constitution, they were out, but they still had this Egyptian constitution. They still had this appetite for all these things. You know what God did for 40 years? He put them on a diet. And that diet was a reconstituting diet. It was a 40-year diet. Sometimes we get on these diet fads, you know, and it might be, you know, a six-month thing, a one-month thing, a seven-day thing. They got on a 40-year diet of manna and living water. And let me tell you something. At the end of those 40 years, they were reconstituted. They came out as one type of people, and they went into the good land as another type of people because of that reconstituting diet, right? This is why we need to eat. You know, when you get up in the morning and you, have, you, you eat manna for breakfast, great breakfast manna. Living water out of the rock, great something to drink in the morning. You know what's really happening? Not just you're getting supply. Yes, you do sense the supply. You're being reconstituted. You're on another diet plan. Okay? UT has a diet plan. And what do they call it? The freshman what? 30 or something like that or whatever it is. What is it? Freshman what? Okay, freshman 15. Okay, well, we're, we're, we're going to change it. We're going to get on another diet. It's called the manna reconstitution. Manna 40. There you go, exactly. Okay, how many people want to get on the manna 40? I want to be on the manna 40. This is for reconstitution. Become a different person. So they got supplied. Okay, then eventually, in F, they received revelation at Mount Sinai. Now, three things, and I want you to write these three things down that they got revelation concerning. The first thing is they got revelation concerning God himself. They're there. You think about it. How many years were they in Egypt, Tino? 420 years, 430. They were there for a long time in Egypt. They didn't know God that well. The first thing when they got to that mountain was he gave them the Ten Commandments. And in those Ten Commandments, do you know what they saw? This God is holy. This God is righteous. This God, there's no darkness in him. He's light. And this God is love. They got to know God. The first thing is they got to know God. Okay, number two. Second thing they receive revelation about. What type of living do I need to have that matches this God? And that's why you have all the different ordinances and all the different things because this living that's presented there in Exodus matches what God is and who he is. 
So the second thing is a living. But then the third thing, and I, this is the one I really want you to pay attention to, and I hope you remember, is they got to know the desire of God's heart. Okay, now, I want you to read for me that very first verse, verse 8. Well, actually, read the two verses there. 8 and 9. Ready? Go. phrase that I want you to underline for me I want you to let them make a sanctuary for me you know up to this point he had done a lot of things for them think about it save them from God's judgment cause them to cross the Red Sea a tremendous miracle supplied them with manna supplied them with living water Strengthen them to defeat Amalek. I mean, so many different things. Now, children of Israel, I want you to do something for me. This is what's on my heart. My heart is to have a dwelling place. And so this is a big point right here. We need to have a revelation, not what God can do for me, but what does he want us to do for him? And listen, brothers, when we get to this point in Revelation, from it's all about me and I'm not saying that's negative we start that way it's all about me got to pray for my exam got to pray for this got to pray for that and I'm not saying that's wrong but at a certain point we have to grow and we need to see something there's something from him something that he desires and that is a tabernacle a dwelling place on earth and this is normal in our growth as Christians, not to remain in what's good for me, but what's good for him. What does he want? What's his heart's desire? Then the very last thing is they're building the tabernacle. And it says, thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished. And the children of Israel did according to all that Jehovah had commanded Moses. So they did. Okay, now remember, Genesis ends with a dead man in a coffin in Egypt. Do you know how Exodus ends? Very different. There's an ark, and that ark is in the middle of a tabernacle, and the tabernacle is filled with glory. It's a big difference. And I'll tell you, you read Exodus and you realize, wow. That's where I want to be. I don't want to end up in a coffin in Egypt. I want, to be, I want to be in the exodus. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to march this semester in exodus. We're leaving Egypt. We're going through the wilderness. We're going to get supplied. We're going to see the revelation. And we're going to build. And then that ending is so glorious. Okay, I need some volunteers now that can stand up and just in a very brief way say, you know how I started? I started enslaved. That's how I started. And you know what? God redeemed me and he saved me. And then I got out and then he began to lead me in the wilderness. And you can add things if you want. And he led me, and while he's leading me, he supplied me, he put me on the manna 40, the 40-year 40 diet. And 
and, and then I got to the mountain and I got revelation. I saw who God is. And I saw the living he wants, and I saw his heart's desire, and eventually we build the tabernacle. Brothers, you get that, you have the whole book of Exodus. The whole book. We'll, the, the rest of the semester, what we're going to do is just fill in the blanks. Okay, so how about a freshman brother and sister go through these points? Who would be willing? Or an upperclassman, it's okay. Who would be willing to start? Because we need some exercise now, some involvement. I mean, the, the first one out of the jar, it's, it's hard, I know. So, Bianca, do you want to start? <laughs> and, and Bianca, just be released. Yeah, you can, you can cheat a little bit there, that's good. Yeah. That's right. Yes. And then God gave and he saved me. Yes. He saved me back through this Passover. He took a lamb, a one-year-old lamb, and put it on your door mantle, and Passover. Yeah. And I was in Eve, but I was still in Egypt. Right. So he had, he had to lead me. And so he led me by day with a cloud, and by night with fire. Right. The cloud represented his spirit, and the fire represented his word. Right. But then when I was out, he still had to supply me. He supplied me with manna. And the flowing water. Yes. Yes. Wow. All right. Now, now tell me, was that wasn't hard, was it? That wasn't hard. Very, very good job. Okay, we need a brother now. Freshman brother. Yeah. Jet. There he is, right there, Jet. <laughs> Come on, Jet. <laughs> now be released, Jet. We're, we're, it's just your family here. Yeah. Okay. So first off, I was enslaved in Egypt. Yep. Um, but then luckily, I was redeemed and saved. That's right. Through the Passover. Yes. Marking the blood on the door. Yeah. Then I was led out of Egypt, yep. across the Red Sea, and during the, both day and night, below cloud, below fire. Very good. Uh, through the desert, wandering, got on that uh, man of 40, supplied by the man yep. and water flowing from the rock. Yep. And then eventually we received revelation Yep. Uh, Mount Sinai, telling us what to do. And then finally, uh, we end, we started with Genesis, Joseph de dead, but now we're alive. We're building the tabernacle. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, now I think. How about an upperclassman sister? Yeah. Upperclassman. Don't be afraid. This is easy. You can look at your notes. It's okay. Do we have an upperclassman? Yes. Who's that? Yes. Joanna. Come on, Joanna. Yeah. I started off as a dead guy. 
Yeah, I mean, the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, yes, in Egypt, right? Yeah. So we were, I was enslaved in Egypt, but Florence the Faithful, and he saved and redeemed me. Yes. After he did that, I didn't know where to go, so he led me. Very good. And through this leading, he supplied me and uh, reconstituted my inner being. Yes. By giving me himself as man and living water. Right. Um, so through the supply, Right. So um, I decided to go on a hiking trip up to the mountain. Okay. There the revelation of what God wants and what his desire is. Yes. Which is a dwelling place. Right. So I decided to go back with my buds and we built the tabernacle for the Lord. Amen. Excellent. Okay. Okay. How about upperclassman brother? Is there an upperclassman brother? You know, I'm looking at Connor. I don't know, maybe Carl, but uh, yeah, Connor. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. Come on, Connor. We start off in the world, Egypt. Yeah. Where uh, God's children are usurped and even distracted. They're not. How to say? They're occupied. Right. Contacting God. Yes. Uh, first of all, God had to redeem us. And yes. See that the picture in um, Exodus is the Lamb's blood on the door. Right. So Egypt. Um, God, it was not justified for God, in front of God, but thank God. <laughs> 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 okay. okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> After we were redeemed, still in Egypt. Yeah. So God right. Save us from Egypt. Yes. He brought us out of Egypt, out of the world, right. through the through um, through water, picture yeah. baptism. Right. So the world is now behind us. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know where we're going. So he led us by his spirit and by his word. Right. Um, but then at this point we realized that we left Egypt, but Egypt is still in us. Yes. Uh, yes. God. Yes. Like, you know what? I'm going to put you on a diet. Right. Put you on this plan. Yeah. P40 mana plan. <laughs> Revelation in Mount Sinai, yeah. where we see that uh, we have a revelation of God Himself. Yes. Of um, a revelation of a life that a living that matches. God. Yes. Yeah. And then also, um, Amen. Uh, <laughs> Something not for us. It's not for us. <laughs> yes, a desire to know God's purpose. Yes. We see that God's purpose and His desire is to have a dwelling place. Right. So it brings us to the last point, which is yeah. building the tabernacle. Amen. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Now, if you notice, even though, you know, he had a little slip up there at the beginning, he was pushing out his spirit. And it becomes more living, more enjoyable. So we need a few more that can really push out their spirit. So, Jared, are you ready? Come on, Jared. <laughs> and really push it out, Jared. We were enslaved. Yeah. We were enslaved by this world. Yeah. Yeah. And kept us. But then the Lord redeemed us. Yes. Uh, he redeemed us with the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. But more than that, he saved us. Yes. He saved us from the world. Amen. And that world was drowned. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But since we yeah. the world. Yeah. We were directionless. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. We were led. Yeah. Amen. Yes. 
And then after that, we received the revelation. Yeah. And we received his heart's desire. Amen. Just to build. Yes. Build a church, build a tabernacle. Amen. So that God may dwell with us. Amen. Very good. Excellent. Okay, Carl. Release your spirit, Carl. Come on, Carl. I'll just tell you guys my biography. Oh! I've seen the book of Exodus. Yeah. So at first, I was a dead man just enslaved in Egypt. Yeah. Um, but God redeemed me by the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. And he saved me by the waters of baptism. Yeah. So I could come into the wilderness and yeah. be led by him. Amen. Led by the Spirit and the Word. Yeah. Uh, but as he's leading me, he also supplied me. Right. Living water from the rock. Right. And the heavenly manna coming from the sky. Yeah. And he could reconstitute me with his very self. Yes. And uh, as I'm as I'm here in the wilderness, I'm enjoying the supply. Eventually, yeah. I get brought up to this mountain right. to receive a revelation. Yes. I received a revelation of who God is. Right. I received a revelation of how to live yeah. as this God. Yeah. And then I received a revelation of what God himself desires. Yes. And that is his very dwelling place. Yes. Tabernacle. Yeah. Yeah. Now together with all the brothers and sisters, we're building the tabernacle. Woo. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you see how easy this is? Mary, you want to try? Come on, Mary. Come on, Mary. Okay, so in the beginning, you were enslaved in Egypt. Right. And then you were redeemed and saved by God. Amen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So, don't you think it's very easy? You should just be able to close your eyes. You say, "Okay, I'm enslaved." And then I got redeemed, and I got saved out of Egypt, and I'm led, and I'm supplied. I mean, it just should be just almost in front of you. And then, and then I got brought to this mountain, and I got to see God and see what's on his heart. And then I began to build, and the glory filled the tabernacle, and the end was so glorious. Okay, how about we break up now into groups, and I think there's a little reading for you on the other side. And uh, maybe 10 minutes in the groups, and then we'll have some overflow, okay?